Hello, and welcome to another episode of Gaming Couch, where we sit back and talk about video games, board games, card games, and the like. So pull up a chair, put your feet up, let's have a good time. Welcome back, everyone. Hopefully, maybe, possibly, you'll be as confused as I was about today's little uh, topic that I found out about last Friday. So RPGs are great. I love RPGs. I'm sure a lot of you like RPGs. They're they're great. You know, over the weekend, I got to play Lancer for the first time, and I really, really enjoyed it. It was phenomenal. So whenever I hear about new RPGs, I immediately look into them. Like I'm curious, the rules, uh, any narrative or lore or anything like that that has to deal with that particular game. So when I discover last Friday, it comes to my attention that Wendy's, as in Wendy's the fast food restaurant chain came out with an RPG. I was immediately, immediately confused. Some of you might have heard about it called Feast of Legends. Again, that's Feast of Legends. And it pains me to say that. Not because I'm inherently like, upset or cringed or whatever by what they have done. No, 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 no. In fact, quite the opposite. You see, these mad lads at Wendy's made a legit RPG. I, without a doubt, do not believe that this is some stupid publicity stunt. I think this is legit like some dude high up in the Wendy's chain was all like, you know, it'd be awesome if we made an RPG because I really like RPGs. Because this rule set, this rule book, is well written. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. The PDF they have for free that you can get from their website, which I will 100% share the link to, is 97 pages, I believe. Yeah, 97 pages. Okay, and it is the core rule set. It is maps and everything, like the very start there is a map that shows you the whole realm, and then at the end of it, they actually have a five-part adventure for players to go on. It is a legit RPG. And the reason why, I was like, what the fuck when I first read it, because the references and the puns are the fucking worst. Like, I like puns, but I was seeing some of, like some of the wording they had in this, like some of the puns and the references they were making to fast food, and I was like, I hate this. And then when I'm reading it through the mindset of like a D&D player or just RPG player in general, and like looking at the rules, I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. No joke, like the rules are good. They put some serious thought into this, okay? I'm not saying it's on the le- like the size of your other mainline RPGs, because again, it's like just under 100 pages and it's free, so it's nothing exceptionally well, but it's much better than I would have thought it would be. Like I'm being serious. I'm actually surprised by what they pulled off here. So you look at the core rulebook, they actually have like the table of contents. They break down characters, gameplay, all that kind of stuff. The different, they call them orders here, which again, I hate this. (laughs) And then they have a quick start guide, they have the adventure, they have a whole, like, small monster manual at the end if you straight up, like, wanted to do your own adventure. Like, what the fuck? 
So I want to just take some time and like go through this because this this is amazing. This is amazing for all the right and all the wrong reasons. So first, just talk about your character, the order. All right, every RPG worth their salt has classes or I don't know, like jobs, like something that says like, yeah, this is what you're an expert at kind of thing. Like D&D has, has classes, Call of Cthulhu, you have like jobs, cyberpunk, you hopefully have a job after you pick your role, all that kind of stuff. But no, 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 no. Feast of Legends, being a Wendy's thing, has classes, but calls them orders. And those orders determine exactly what you can do, like, in combat through Beef's Keep. That's the name of the realm, through Beef's Keep. Now, it's not just order, like, you know, warrior fight, all that. No, no, it's the order order of the spiky, spicy chicken sandwich, order of the chicken nugget, order of the bacon eater, like, stuff you would just order from Wendy's. I have to I have to pause every now and then because my mind is just having to wrap around this fact that this is real. What's coming out of my mouth is real. It's in front of me, and they put the work into it. And then from the orders, you also have your stats, and they hit the big stats. Strength, intelligence, charm, arcana, grace. You know, they reword them some a little bit. Like, there's no dex, but you still have strength and intelligence. You have charm and grace. So it's kind of like the sp- Charisma kind of split up, and then there's Arcana, which can be like your intelligence slash your wisdom. There is no constitution; health is based solely on what order you pick. All right, so they kind of shrunk things down a little bit based on. I'm just going to call them classes from here on out. The classes you, the class you pick, and then they actually have rolling stats. But instead of doing a to twenty kind of scale, they do a sixteen. So you roll forty fours. And the reason why they do this is they want to call it the the roll. They say this. The roll is called the four for four dollars. Nailed it. That is straight up what it says in the rulebook under creating your character. Everything they do in this game is a pun for themselves. But again, it's well written. You roll your sets and you get bonuses based on your sets. You know, one to four is minus two, five to six is minus one, seventy-eight is zero, and then so on and so forth. Plus one, plus two, plus three modifier. Like, yeah, standard stuff. It's standard stuff. Like, this works. Now, from there, you have all different things. Like, your defense, your hit points, resistance and weaknesses, advantage, disadvantage, skills, things like that. And, like, some things they they were creative with. Some things they they took straight from D&D. Like advantage and disadvantage. It's the same thing. If you have advantage, you roll your D20 twice using the larger of the two numbers. You have disadvantage, roll it twice, but take the smaller. That's, you know, standard D&D stuff. But then, like, your defenses will determine how resilient your character is in battle. While still a statistic, it doesn't affect the gameplay the same way. It's the number an enemy must roll for their attack to hit you. And it's not AC-based. It's, like, it's based on your actual stats, like strength and everything like that. And then you have your skills. So it's only the number of times you can use your skills in battle. Simply take the action phase of your turn to use your skill. Like there's various skills you can pick. All right. Some characters allow two actions per turn, meaning they can use two skills or the same skill twice. Various things like that. 
And the skills are less of like proficiencies, like, you know, perception and investigations like that. I like D&D. Skills are more like your unique abilities. You know, like in D&D, Barbarian would have the rage. The monk would have unarmed strikes, things like that. Those are what your skills are in this game. So, again, they're worded a little bit different. And then they have rules for starting loadout. You have money you have to work, so you can get gold, purchase various things, stuff like that. And then they actually talk about even, like, character generation, what you look like. Writing down the physical description of your character will help you and your party members be fully immersed in the experience. Like, they straight up want people to, like, enjoy this as an RPG, which is, again, cool. It's cringy as all hope, but it's cool. And then gameplay, they break down how battles work, your turns, your attack. You don't get crits. You get feast mode, by the way. If you roll a 20 on the attack roll, you go into feast mode. Do maximum amount of da- damage, which I like. Straight up, like, whenever I play D&D and I'm GMing, I rule that you just do max damage. And then roll damage on top of that. Because I always say the tag, like, hey, I just crit, so roll my damage dice twice. And you roll, like, two ones. That's, like, nothing. I like crits being something serious. So they take crit seriously. You do the maximum amount of damage. Plus an additional roll of the normal attack dice. And then you gain advantage on your next attack roll. So you can possibly keep going through and getting crits. It's absurd. It is like that is straight up a D homebrew rule that people came up with. So I'm pretty sure whichever mad lads at Wendy's made up with this, made this up, have a lot of D D experience, because there's some legit D Ding in this. They have an entire thing about resting. If you fall down, they have a thing called cheap shot. When If you are adjacent to an opponent and move away without using attack to break out, the opponent will have the opportunity to get a free attack on you. It's opportunity attacks. They just call something different. It's all straight here. Adventuring. They actually have an items list. Like various items to buy. And some of them are like straight up just stuff you'd get in any RPG. Blanket, rope, torch, tinderbox, journals, cups. Maps, pencils, shackles, chains. And then there's a fucking pigtail wig. Because y'all gotta look like Queen Wendy. <laughs> sure. Also, you can buy a food tray, which I find pretty funny. You know? And then they actually have animals. Like, they have a they have a breakdown right here. It's like, I know D&D 5th did more, like, travel times and stuff like that. And there were some stuff for animals, but it was kind of like spread out. Like you could buy an animal, but then the animal sat somewhere else and all that kind of stuff. Here, they kind of just straight up just have how animals would work. So standard stables tells you what animals buy, horse, donkey, or mule, the cost of it, how much HP it has, what kind of attack it uses, the damage it does, and how fast it moves. So it's like your move speed times two or whatever it would be. And then they have specialty items. You could buy lemonade, strawberry lemonade, or chicken nugget. And those are like your healing items. Those, those are just like, instead of potions, it's just food that you eat. And they also have fishing. I don't know why, but fishing's a thing in this game. Like, you can buy fishing poles. They actually have rules for fishing. It's, it's cool. I'll give them that. And now let's get back to puns. Let's get back to fucking puns, all right? Talking about equipment. They got armor and weapons. And, of course, it's all fucking fast food related, all right? You have armor like the crispy chicken armor. Oven plating, bacon armor, fresh baked bun, foil wizard robe, an apron. 
and this goes back to saying about the stats, like they actually took some time to make this unique because your stats, like your charm, your arcana, your strength, and all that kind of stuff, impacts both like your straight stats, obviously, but also it can be the target number for people to attack you. Weapon or armor, sorry, gives you protection on those kind of things. So plus one defense, plus one arcana, plus one grace. Those kind of things. Like, they impact your stats directly for combat, not so much outside of combat. So it's a it's a different way of looking at things. And again, I, I tip my hat to them. I think it's pretty cool. And then the weapons, all right? I had a moment to talk to my friends, and we were joking around, like, hey, if we ever play this, which we actually might because of, like, it's a pretty cool rule set, the type of stuff we're doing. Like, I love the idea of running in with, like, being essentially a paladin, like, get bacon armor, which is heavy armor. All right, it's really good. And then having a cast iron skillet weapon. <laughs> so you can wield a spoon, a knife, toothpicks. They call it a great fork. So you can have a fork or a great fork. Spatulas, stuff like that. But then the last I, the last weapon you use is a cast iron skillet. And let me, let, let's just talk damage dice here. The cast iron skillet is goddamn amazing. It's expensive. It is an expensive weapon, being 55 gold, which, when a normal, like, knife and fork is 2 gold, it's it's expensive. It's an expensive weapon. But the damage die, 3d6. Now, again, for all you D&D nerds out there, weapons are usually, like, a d6, a d8. Then there's, like, I think it was the, what was it, the greatsword does 2d6. That's the most damage you get out of, like, a standard weapon. So a standard basic weapon, the cast iron skillet, your basic weapon doing 3d6 damage, like, that is an impressive weapon. So again, they took this serious. Like, they actually went and, and thought this out, like, seriously. And the, the gold matches up, like, 55 gold for 3d6 damage dice, 50 gold for a 1d12 damage dice, but it's not two-handed, all right? The skillet is two-handed, so you can do a 1d12 that's not two-handed for 50 gold, all right? Then there's other things like the whisk is 1d10 and it has the graceful type. I'm not sure exactly what that does. We can look at that later. It, and it's 1d10. Like, they. I, I keep saying it because I'm baffled by it. Like, this is a nice game. It, it's, it, it's painful to read and it's a nice game. And most of the weapons you can even throw because it's all like cooking utensils. So some things like the cast iron skillet, can I throw? It actually says, can I throw? It doesn't even say like, Range it says, Can I throw it? So, Cast Iron Skillet just says, Nope. But things like the fork, the whisk, the knives, the toothpicks actually have a range. So, it's pretty cool because it's there's no straight up range weapons, it looks like it's just can you throw kitchen utensils at people? Then they have buffs, you know, buffs for eating these Wendy's items. So, there's certain Wendy's items you can eat that give you buffs for the day, like plus one strength, plus one arcana. Etc. 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 And then there's debuffs for eating other fast food items. So frozen burger joints, pizza, a sub sandwich, gas station food. These are all debuffs you can get if you're forced to eat these things. Oh man, my God! Let's talk classes. What they call orders. So every order, a.k.a. class, which I need to call them classes to keep my sanity, are broken up into various different things. And the breakdown goes like this. 
they start with showing your base defense stat on top of your normal stat, so like base defense 12 or 13, whatever, like that's your armor class kind of thing. And then HP. So everyone starts with the same HP. I can't remember what it is, what the starting HP is for everybody. But the characters get HP as they level up. So look at the first one, spicy chicken sandwich, base defense 12, additional HP, you get one hit point per level. Other bonuses, plus one to your arcana stat. So it's not like, you know, in D&D level four, you get ability score improvement where you can do like plus two to one or plus one to two or whatever ruling you do. This, it just gives you like a straight scale. Like it, It's an introductory RPG, so it just gives you a base scale so you don't have to worry about too much of the math. You can just play the game. Then they have skilled with, so like what kind of weapons and armor you could use. And it's actually, instead of doing like proficiency and not proficiency like they do in fifth, it's either you can or you can't. It's like the spicy chicken sandwich order cannot use heavy or medium armors, shields, or heavy weapons. Just as you can't. Which you could argue is limiting, but it's also kind of nice. Like in terms of being, you know, an RPG that one is free and two with a rule set that's simple enough to pick up. It makes sense they just be very straightforward with these kind of things. And they get their skills. So currently, and I'm saying currently because honestly, I could see this like growing and like they, they add more to this. Currently, they only have five levels, level one to five. So your skills break down, you know, what you can do, level one, level two, level three, level four, level five, what you get. And instead of it being like spell classes that you get a spell list to pick from, it's any spellcasters, they get their spells through levels. So the spicy chicken sandwich is a spellcaster, and you get your spells at level 1, level 2, so on and so forth. It's like level 1. You get spicy touch, slow heat. And then what actually makes kind of sense, like smoke screen. But let's just talk about, like, these words. Again, it's all pun-related, like spicy touch. You know, when you're eating some spicy food. Spicy touch. But then it's actually, like, not a bad spell in general, like in terms of a role-playing game. Reaching out and touching an adjacent enemy with the spice left on your fingertips. It's a pun. If the attack hits, it deals 1d4 plus 1 heat damage. So we have type damage in this game. Something's vulnerable to heat damage, you can deal double damage by touching them. Or slow heat, you know, because it's all about slowly cooking the beef and everything, because Wendy's wants it to be fresh. So it's a pun again on what they do, but seriously, as an attack, not bad. You target an enemy within 90 feet. The enemy must make a strength saving throw of 13 or higher. If the enemy fails the throw, they will take one point of heat damage and one additional point of heat damage after each of their turns. And for what it looks like, it's just constant. Like, I know it's only one point, but it doesn't sound like a lot. But again, HP is a little low on this. And two, it doesn't look like you can save again if you fail this. And then at level three, it tells you, at level three, this increases to three points of heat damage and three additional points of heat each turn after that. That's a pretty powerful spell. I I honestly like it. Like, no joke. I'm interested in being spicy chicken sandwich. That sounds weird, but I'm being true. And so things get, like, more in depth. And so you have another. So they have, like, it's broken into three things. You get, uh, what was it, chicken, beef, and there's another one. I'm, I'm going to go through them real quick. So there's other orders for chicken. So you have the home-style chicken sandwich, which, again, it's kind of like a spellcaster-like thing, but I think it's also a healer on top of that. Yeah, I'm looking through right now at skills. Like, 
you can give them 1d4 HP. Uh, there's this whole flame or thing you can do. You can give boosts and bonuses to people. So that's kind of like your, your buffer. Then you have grilled chicken sandwich. You have Asiago Ranch Chicken Club. I would never want to write that down on my character sheet because that's a lengthy fucking thing to write down. And, oh my god. Okay, let's just talk about Asiago Ranch real quick. It has a skill, Refresh, and Home is Where the Hearth is. I don't make these names up. These are actual names in this. But some of the things, they're actually pretty good. So, Home is Where the Hearth is. When non-combat, you can build a warm and comfortable fire. On an arcane check of 14 or more, your flames are can protect the group from bandits while sitting down to a meal. So essentially, you can't get ambushed. That's a very amazing ability. Again, some of these things, legit good stuff. And that was the order of the chicken nugget. You can you can follow chicken nuggets. Praise be the nugget. Why? Why not? Oh my god, they have a thing called the four piece of salt. Displaying your advanced grace and speed, you make four quick strikes under your opponent. Roll a d20 for each strike and do 1d4 physical damage for each successful roll. Not a bad attack, honestly. Considering that this is, it's not like you're hitting with your weapon. It's just, you know, almost like an unarmed strike kind of thing. That's not a bad thing for level two. Like, again, being a basic RPG, it's not bad. It, it really isn't. I just hate the names and stuff. So you have the Order of the Beef, which is more of like your warrior classes, all right? So previously, the chicken stuff was kind of like spellcasters and stuff like that, more like the squishier ones, and then you get Beef, which is all physical. And this is the first thing I looked at. I was curious, Order of the Baconator, because I saw the bacon armor, I thought it'd be hilarious. Would this work? Well, first, yes, it would, because Baconators can use heavy weapons and heavy armor. And then I saw the skills, and I just hated it. Late Night Craving and Fresh Never Frozen. God damn you, Wendy's. God damn you, Wendy's and your ego. Anyone know what they do? Late Night Craving. While attacking at nighttime, you'll gain advantage on all attack and strength saving throws. That's actually pretty good, especially if there's a nighttime ambush. That's pretty damn good. And then Fresh Never Frozen at level 1, you have resistance to all cold damage. That's actually really good. Like, Dragonborns from D&D 5th. I have resistance to a certain type of elemental damage straight out at level 1. I really, really like that. That's really good. So the fact that you have a class that says, I'm resistant to cold, is cool. Also, I apologize if you hear some noise. The people on the street don't know how to be quiet. Let's keep going through this. Yeah, order the Junior Bacon Cheeseburger, the Dave's Double, whatever the fuck that is. I'm not even going to read it. Or the double stack, which allows you at level one to duly wield any weapons that don't require two hands. So a dual wielding class. They put, I I keep saying it, they put thought into this. Double stack is two patties. So what does double stack do? Allows you to wield two weapons. No problem. Hold up, everybody. Oh yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I was just double checking. Apparently, someone outside decided to whip up a tree chopper for like five minutes and just shut it off. Anyway, where were we? Uh, yeah, so double stack, a dual wielding class. I like, I like. And then they have order of the sides. 
Yeah. You know, the frosty, the baconator fries, French fries, and these chili or the chili. From what I can tell by doing like a quick look over, these also kind of like mess around with arcane and like utility stuff. It looks like, again, I'm doing kind of like a drive by reading here. Like I, I've read through the rules already. And instead of going through every little bit, I'm just kind of looking through, like, what really sticks out again. Like, at the end of the orders, you have the order of the baked potato. And straight up, there is a picture of a baked potato wearing a witch's hat. And, you know, I don't know how to feel about that kind of stuff. I really don't. But let's talk about what the baked potato can do, because... Their end game, we're going to call it end game because level 5 is currently end game for this, is actually a very powerful thing that would be great to have in D&D. On arcane check of 15 or higher, a character you're choosing will gain advantage on all rolls, a plus 2 to each stat, including defense, and a plus 2 to each attack for the next 5 turns. That is impressive. And now to limit things, of course you have resting. But they don't call it resting, it's your meal. So this attack can be used only once between meals. So again, it's not like, you know, recharge after a short rest. It's like, no, you gotta, gotta have a meal first to, to use again. Sure, whatever. What do you say, fam? God damn it, Wendy's. God fucking damn it. Your quick start guide actually goes through making a character. So you know exactly what to do. Oh, and here we go. I realized HP. You will roll 44 to determine your HP. This example, we rolled a 10. Order of the Frosty does not receive any bonus stats. And roll bonus does not apply to HP or defenses. Therefore, your max HP is 10 and defense is 11. As I said above. Yeah, just notice that. So, character creation right then and there. And if you really, really want to go above and beyond, they got a character sheet. No joke. They got character sheets. It's one page. It's only one-sided, okay? But it covers everything you need to know. Your skills, what you're carrying, your different stats, resistances and weaknesses, if you have advantage or disadvantage, your hit points. The one thing they're missing is like a dedicated section for like attacks, like what weapon you're using and its modifiers. It's the one thing they're missing from this sheet. Otherwise, it covers everything you need to play the goddamn game. And then they have one, two, three, four, five, five pre-generated characters. So if you really wanted to, you could just pick up and go. You could just play the game right away. It looks like all of these characters are level two. So you have a party of level two adventures ready to go if you really wanted to play the game right out the gate. Wendy's, I, I don't like you. Like, I don't like their food. I'm not a fan of eating there. But god damn, they, they know how to make an RPG. Now, let's talk about everything else. So that was just character stuff, character generation. Then they have the Game Master's Guide, Rise from the Deep Freeze. It's actually their homemade, just for this rule set, adventure. Five-part adventure. Or three-part? Five-part, yeah. Holy shit. Five-part adventure so they talk about the game overview as a you know gm 
kind of what it is going like you're in charge as a gm you have a pet a pretty killer game role it's your job to help guide the players to the adventure you decide how the rules are applied and how the story unfolds so they kind of like talk about what it means to be a game master they talk about you know during an event do, doing an adventure debrief doing a campaign overview like what all the different parts are about they have a player set up so let's see this is just kind of like some backstory stuff. You know, what you can tell the players. Which, it's punny as all hell, but hey, it's there. Like, And they have a map. Again, they made another map for where this adventure takes place. The Nation of Freshtovia. Then they have places. Fort Baconator. Nuggeton. Val, Capital city of Freshtovia. French Fry Forest. And then they actually have... The capital city has not like a city map, but like a drawing of what it looks like and labels for like important locations, like where the entrance is, the castle gates, where the restaurant and inn is, because that's the same thing in this game. Just it it's it's an RPG. It's an RPG. And then from there, they set up kind of like a standard modular adventure for D D. So they have let's just look at part one here. All right, so part one eh, is all about... What was the name of it? Wow, I missed it. Stupid me. Part one, the Queen's Quest. You can look at it and, like, they tell you different events that happen. So, the story begins as the players find themselves in the square of the capital city, Frestovia. On the day of a major celebration, the city is crowded and most of the businesses are closed. Encourage the party to explore the city, but eventually steer them toward the Frestovia Gardens. And they actually have, like, kind of a sidebar, like, lore thing you can read. Again, I was reading that. That opening right there. The story begins as the players find themselves in the square. If I did not say the town name of Festovia, which kind of, like, puts it off as, like, a, a humorous thing, that sounds like your standard RPG opener. And then there's different locations that they can go to, and it says what happens while they're there. So, like, if you go to the city gates, Pat... Pushing through the crowd toward the castle gates will be difficult. It's like the busiest of concerts, sweating and pushing their, yep, sweating and pushing their way to the front. When they do reach the other side of the crowd, they will be met by the guards who are interested in speaking to random people. They'll tell you to move along. The queen will be ready when she's ready. Any attempt to attack a guard will be automatically swatted away and result in a guaranteed hit—a slap to the face within one HP. So you can't like it's not so open that you can just fight the guards. Again, because like they kind of kept it a little bit streamlined, so they don't. It's not too complex. But hey, the fact that like they acknowledge that, like they acknowledge that the players might be fucking idiots and try and attack the city guard in the city they're supposed to be trying to help. They they covered their bases, not one hundred percent thoroughly, but they've covered bases. You can go to the city entrance. You can go to the shops. You can go to the inn. You eventually make your way to the gardens. Then it's like, what happens when you leave? Well, they have the forest. They have a whole forest map with. Different things. It's kind of like like a dungeon layout where they do it by room base. So the force is room base. So it's like you have room one, room two. Then there's like doors and this and that. And there's the water you have to walk through. There's riddles. Like they have it all mapped out. And so when you get to the forest, the journey to the forest is mostly uneventful. Unless the party begins infighting, the force is very close with parts of it sharing a border with the city. You have your flare to open it. And then each room is broken down. What happens? Like room one. 
to the right is empty other than a few forest items. Room two, entering the door to the left, produces the party's first encounter with hunger foes, hunger pangs. Even the enemies are puns. God damn it, Wendy's. And then they have stats for the enemies. You know, HP, defenses, what their stats are. And again, they're, they're skills. So instead of saying attacks, it's just skills. So the pang gnashes its gnarly teeth, causing 1d4 physical damage. Or if it moves more than 10 feet away from a target, it can lower its head and ram them, dealing 1d8 plus 2 damage, which is substantial for low-level parties that have like 10 HP. It's, it's a level 1 adventure. Be careful. And so you keep going. It keeps breaking down like what each room has, what you find where. And then they have like the door of riddles. I love this. I, I honestly straight up love this. If at any point the party jumps the gun and answers a riddle wrong, this door will seal. And the plans will go over its location. After a few hours, the plans will recede, revealing the door again. Yeah, they, it's, it's an RPG, all right. But then there's the riddle itself. Riddle, like, you can pick which riddle you want, I guess, is uh, Riddle 1. It starts this week and ends tomorrow, but doesn't happen in a thousand years. I'm not sure how they get, how supposed to get this, because the thousand years thing told me out, but the answer is W. It starts the week and ends tomorrow, but doesn't have, oh, wow, hey, that's, that's a clever riddle, straight up. It starts this week and ends tomorrow, but doesn't happen in a thousand years. W. Starts the week and ends over tomorrow. Like that that's straight up a clever riddle. It really is. And they have like another riddle. The more and more you take, the more you'll leave behind, which is a riddle I remember from a similar riddle was from a Spiral Dragon game. Footsteps. You could also answer time for this one, but footsteps. The more steps you take, especially like going through the sand, the more footprints you leave behind. These are pretty nice riddles. I like it. Uh, let's see what else they got here. They got the campsite, which appears you could be ambushed. Uh, yeah, it's it's a modular adventure, and I'm not gonna lie. As I read through this, I want to play this more and more. Heck, they even got like a boss fight, like the end of the dungeon. There's a straight up boss fight with hunger. Fucking puns, Wendy's. Oh yeah, looking at hunger, whatever it is, it can fly. So that sucks. It can, can fly around, which you don't never want to deal with flying foes. And it has like different abilities. So you can bite, a wing swipe, a dive bomb. So if it flies up to the air and straight down an opponent, it does damage. It also takes damage itself from this, which is pretty cool. Like it, it accounts for it hits someone, it deals damage and does damage to itself. Or if the attack misses, it just deals more damage to itself, which is Pretty cool. And then you have the poison cloud attack. It's nice. Now, they don't do XP. Again, it's kind of like Lancer, where they ignore the XP, and it's straight up just as you do adventures, you level up. So after you complete the forest, it's just you're now level two. Ta-da. Go back to city, recap, you know, maybe get some new gear, whatever. Which, hey, works for me. Works for me. You want to do a modular-based adventure like this, then just ignore XP. Just say, hey, they level this, they level this, just... Let it happen. And yeah, you just... You keep going. Then there's part two. Then there's part three. And then there's part four. And there's maps for, like, main locations. So Frosty Canyon Village. When you get there, there's an actual map of the village with what's going on in there. 
then there's other monsters you take on. And there's this really cool thing. I'm not sure what it's called in the game. I'll be honest, I'm not exactly sure what it's called in the game. But think of kind of like an ice golem, but with the mouth of a mind flare. Like it's this giant icy crystal thing, but where its mouth is, it has two glowing red eyes, and it has like, you know, red, almost fleshy-like tentacles, and just a gaping maw of a mouth with sharp teeth. I don't know what it is, but it's a really sick-looking monster. I'm going to be real with you, because uh, there's, like, there's two monsters above it, so I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, also, I want to talk about, just talk about the monsters, too. Like, I'm not sure who he is in the adventure, because I didn't read through the adventure fully, but they have a guy called the Ice Jester. Which, again, the, it's all about Wendy's is fresh and McDonald's is supposed to be, you know, frozen, or other fast food is just, like, you know, frozen and bad. So, a lot of the enemies, like, it's ice with ice damage, so the heroes are more, like, fire damage for fresh. But the Ice Jester himself, his design is really cool. I'm not just talking stat-wise. I'm talking, like, at the end of the book, they have character art for him. And I really like the way he looks. I'm just scrolling down real quick to find him so I can just tell you about this beautifully mad lad that he is. Almost there. This is the end of the adventure. Below the Frozen Lake. There's another map. Then there's this evolved version that we already fought. There you go, the Ice Jester's throne room. So the Ice Jester himself is just this kind of like, you know, skinny, you know, like a jet. He looks like a jester, but covered in ice. So it's like layers of ice, kind of skinny, and he has what would be a jester hat, but instead it's just completely ice. And there's carvings on his face to show where the makeup would be. But again, it's all just ice with carvings, glowing purple eyes, and his hands are just, you know, purple balls of fire. Pretty sick looking guy, if if I will be completely honest with who this guy is. And now from there, continued adventuring, part six, if you want. They have stuff about like other areas that maybe really haven't been seen yet that the adventurers might want to just go to to check out. So like the tower, this coastal city, uh, this and that. There's a karaoke Charm rules, rules. You carry. They have rules for karaoke to make more money, like you know, bars, performances, and then you can play darts to get points while playing darts and earn more money. Uh, Spicy stables and that. Oh, unique mounts like this. This coastal city. If you go to this coastal city, it's kind of like a paradise where you can do karaoke, you can play darts, you can get specialized mounts, rhinos, zebras, a very large platypus. Sure, whatever you say, Wendy's. Very large platypus. They have magic items. It's a very small list. It's just one page of uh, magic items. But hey, it's it's a small little campaign that, if you wish, you could dabble in them, and they're pretty cool. Like they have the days of approaching spatula, so you can get a spatula that's like a standard weapon, but magical property: one d six extra heat damage to ice foes. Ignites the orange flame within fifty feet of an ice foe. So. It's a magic item that kind of like, I can't remember what the name of the sword was that they had in Lord of the Rings that they gave Frodo that says like, when you draw the sword and it glows as orcs nearby. It's like that. It does extra damage to frozen foes and it glows when they're nearby. That's a pretty cool magical item. And then you have the Amulet of the Feast. Provides resistance against against attacks from hunger foes, which is most foes. Most foes of this game are considered hunger foes. So that's pretty nice. Taking less damage. I'll take that. 
And then they have uh, magic items in stock with this certain other place, like this certain uh, shop you can go to. And it's just magical versions of like basic weapons, like sp- like a magic spoon, a magic knife, a magic fork. It's all like plus 1d4, plus 1d6 additional heat damage. So nothing like flashy, but hey, extra damage is extra damage. And then after, again, if you want to actually make like your own adventure, like in the tower or whatever, or there's that one little location, that one city's coming under attack that you have after uh, magic items, things that might attack <laughs> their bestiary or your monster menu, whatever you want to call it, where every single enemy you can encounter is listed. And I think there's also like one or two extra like bonus things, like a frozen mimic meal, freezer burn, freezy the frozen bird. <laughs> I don't think these are in the actual like, and then there's a freezer gorgon. There is a freezer gorgon, a gorgon, but it's all about being frozen. I like Constable von Freeze. Don't know who that is, but he's a constable, apparently. So, what's my take on this? Like, I'm, I'm at the end of the book. We did a quick kind of, like, look over with everything. I mean, I'll be honest. I said in the beginning, and I'll say it again. It's a well-written RPG. Straight up. Straight up. Someone at Wendy's HQ had an idea, and... They weren't playing around with it. They they weren't. They really wanted to put some work into this. So even though I really hate the puns and I hate some of the references because I'm not a fan of Wendy's food, I respect these rules. As a huge RPG player and a fan of the RPG genre, I, I respect these rules as a legit excuse me RPG. It may be a little simpler, but it's free, and with it being so simple, and already having a five-part adventure written up, I could see myself hanging with my buds and knocking this out in a day. Maybe two days, like over a weekend. I could see this as knocking this out just for fun. And considering there's so many different classes, and they have that expanded bestiary, and they have all those magical items that you could put in if you wanted to, I could see us doing a second round and modifying it a little bit. Just tweaking some of the loot or some of the monsters or adding additional events like I could I could see myself doing that and I could see myself actually having a damn good time doing it on top of that because we'd all just we'd, we'd all be laughing we, we'd all just have a good laugh like why is this a thing like the names and everything we'd, we'd be laughing at so honestly I'm going to post the link to this like in the description for the episode seriously check it out I'm being 100% real Check it out. Feast of Legends. At least give it a read. Give it a read, and if you can find some people, play it. I I honestly, anyone who's an RPG fan, I don't think they'll be disappointed playing this. I think they'll actually, like, genuinely enjoy it. I'm being real here. I think this is a genuinely good experience to have if you have the chance to play with your friends. So, sorry for the delayed episode. Uh, When I get sick, like, it's... I'm out for a couple days, so I was just resting, and I had to go to work. So we're going to be back on schedule. Everything's good to go. We'll have new episodes on Sunday again. Have no fear. So thank you all for your patience and waiting for this episode. And again, thank you all for giving it a listen and just hearing about Wendy's newest 
grand plan. So until next time, enjoy yourself, everybody, and thanks for listening.